Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. When I thought about throwbacks, and uh, throwback is a look back at the past, right? When I thought about throwback, I, I thought about a television show that I, that I used to see on VH1 called uh, where are they now? How many of you have ever seen that? Where, where are they now? And it's, it's, it's a great show because it, it kind of focused on celebrities. You, you ever watch, you know, sh- the, the shows back in the day, childhood stars, and, and you've seen these guys on, on television. You've seen them in movies, and um, some of them grow up, and, and you're like, whatever happened to so-and-so you you there there's different individuals we've got some on the screen you know these are these are people that I used to watch when I was a kid now some of the the younger generation they're going to be like who who is who are those folks but you know these are just people you know what whatever happened to Macaulay Culkin from from Home Alone remember that dude whatever he, he looks kind of crazy up there now you know what about the karate kid you know you, you all remember that what happened to Johnny you know what I mean what whatever happened to guys like that what 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 about uh you know I, I can't remember his name but he used to be in that movie um, Fletch and some other movies uh, Chevy Chase whatever happened to Webster how many of you ever watched Webster that's that's going back that's Webster used to love watching that show and and you got the Bradys and and what about Mr T what whatever happened to him after the A team what you know he was in Rocky uh, I don't know I think three and and these guys were you know at that time that they were in the movies or in television. They were people that were known for something. But one thing that all of them have in common today is that their fame didn't last. Everything that, that they were before, everything that, that they, they did or they were known for did not last very long. I understand that things change and times change. I, I understand that, that Macaulay Culkin grew up, and, and it wouldn't be cool to, to leave him home alone now, you know, with the way he looks. Now, I, under, I get that. I understand that, you know. But you expect to see these people continue in a place, operate in a, at a place of success because they were so big at one time. But, but you, you understand that we have people that are where are they now kind of stories now in the church, We've got people that used to be on fire, but they're no longer on fire. People that used to be involved, but they're no longer involved. People that used to have vision, and they used to have dreams, but they no longer have vision, and they, they no longer have dreams. I think we all know people in, in this room today that when we think back at them, we, we think, whatever happened to so-and-so? Whatever happened to that person I used to see leading that ministry? Whatever happened to that person that used to be up at the altar and they used to love God? Some of them are in the room today. And we think back, whatever happened to that time, that person? used to be like that. There's plenty of where are they now kind of stories in the body of Christ. Because who they were before now is missing. This morning I'm, I'm going to talk about someone who almost gave up what God was doing in their life. Someone that almost became 
a where, they, where are they now kind of story. And it's found in 1 Kings chapter 19. If you would, stand with me as we get into God's word. And we're going to try to move quickly today because there's so much that we need to, to cover. It says, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough. Lord, he said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Verse 5, then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Verse 6, he looked around and there by his head was some baked, some bread baked over hot coals. That sounds good right now. I love bread. And a jar of water. I don't like water though, but it's good for you. Verse 8, he ate and drank and then he lay down again. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. Verse 8, so he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 9, there he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Ask the person next to you, what are you doing here? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, because today is going to be a day, God, of transformation for somebody's life where you get some things back on track. So, God, we celebrate ahead of time all that you will do in this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When we think about Elijah, we, we think about someone that was powerful, right? Right? Are, are, you, are you here with me today? We, we, you know, we, 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 we don't think of a weak man. We, we, think of, we, we think of somebody that, you know, was, was, you know, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. And Elijah, in, in this point of his life, his, his life is thriving. He's, he's the first person to raise the dead in the Bible. Did you know that? He's, his prayers could stop or release, you know, um, rain. That, that would be good right about now, right? He, he was able to, to multiply, you know, food and, and resources. He was, he was able to cause fire to fall from heaven. I would like that. That would be awesome. Confronted 850 prophets by himself and defeated them by the sword. Now, that's a bad dude right there. That's, that's, that's a bad dude right there to take on 850 dudes all by yourself. Now, here's the thing. Everything is thriving in his life, and then something happens. Life changes for Elijah. And life doesn't just change for him. He changes. You ever get to a place in your life where, where things are clicking? Like where, where, where you're in a rhythm, where, where you're in a flow, where, where things are working out for you, where things, you know, you, you, got a little, you got a little money in your pocket. Things are going well with the family. Things are going well with, with your relationship with God. Things are going well, you know, in, in your life. And, and all of a sudden, 
things change, but so do you. And this is what happens with Elijah. Elijah is, is, is doing well in his life, but then after this great victory, we read in verse 1 that he's threatened by a woman, a wicked woman named Jezebel. Jezebel's angry. You know why? Because Elijah took, took out 850 of her prophets. So she's upset. This happened the chapter before. And now as, as, and, and she's upset, so she threatens to kill Elijah. Some of you know this already. If you don't, I, I encourage you, go read that when you get home. But, but she threatens to kill Elijah. And you would think as bold as he was, because you don't take on 850 dudes by yourself if, if you're weak. You got, you got to be pretty bold to do that, right? Right? Amen. Takes on 850, and you would think that, you know, he gets the message, get, looks on his phone, and he's like, gets a message from Jezebel, I'm going to kill you, you know. And you would think that he would just send a, a message back like, bring it on, lady, you know, because this, the dude just took on 850 prophets, right? You would, you would expect him to be like, let's do it. But Elijah doesn't do that. What, what happens is, is interesting because the Bible says that Elijah becomes afraid. It's, it's hard to imagine how someone can have victory one moment of their life, but the very next moment be defeated. But I've seen it all the time. It's possible to, to, to come here, to have a breakthrough at church, but on Monday you're already defeated. It's possible to be in a place where you're in a flow and things are moving in your life, but something happens and it detours who you are. It derails your dreams and your vision, and now you're not the same person anymore. I want you to understand something. Sometimes after your greatest victory, you will have your greatest battles. You understand that yesterday's victories won't win today's battles. That's why you need to fight every day for your destiny because what, what, you, what happened yesterday, the victories that you had yesterday, the things that you beat yesterday, it, it, it doesn't matter if today you can't live victorious in the now. And we've got a lot of people that, that the only time they're doing well is, is when they're doing bad. Let me explain that. Some people only serve God. When everything is falling apart in their lives, and that's when they run to the Lord. But if we don't understand how to handle victory, then victory will always be short-lived in our lives. And Elijah is like this great man. He's, 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 a, he's, he's a great prophet. But do you know that even great people fall? That I don't care, I don't care who you are, is I don't know how many scriptures that you know, I don't care what you know, how long you've been in church, and how many things that you've been in, how many services you've been a part of, how many messages you've been a part. It doesn't matter who you are, everybody at one point in time will come to a place of self-doubt. And self-doubt will destroy you. So Elijah is in this place where he's threatened. And you know why he's threatened? Because he believes a lie. You know, I've heard a lot of people preach about Elijah and they talk about him being depressed. Hear about him, they say, well, he was just tired. I, I, I get that. I understand that. How many, you know, you get tired and your resistance is a little bit low at times. You ever been tired and you get a little bit madder on the road? Does, it, does that just happen to me? Right? But you, when you get out of church, sometimes you, you, you're a little bit happier. You know, you, 
you know, you're, you're happy. But someone cut you off when you're, when you're tired. It's a different you, you know? And some people say, well, he was depressed. He just took out these 850 dudes. He was worn out. I understand that. The, the problem was he believed a lie. Because Jezebel threatens to what? To kill him. And what does she say? Look, look at, look at what, what happens with, with Jezebel. Is that she, she, she says, you killed my prophets. Now I'm going to kill you. I pray that the, the gods, pay attention to that, the gods will punish me even more severely if I don't do this, do it by this time tomorrow. Let's talk about tomorrow. For one thing is tomorrow hadn't happened yet. And Elijah is afraid. So because of a lie, Jezebel gets Elijah to think differently about his future now. Tomorrow hadn't even showed up yet. Tomorrow had not even arrived yet. But because Elijah believed a lie, she got him to think differently about his future. If you're going to clap, then clap. But if not, then don't. It's all right. I'm not going to get hurt. We've got a lot of these hesitant claps in church. Just keep it. If, you, if you're going to do it, do it all the way or don't do it at all. I don't get my feelings hurt. I know who I am and I know what God has put in my heart. And I love all you. Okay, let's move on. But Elijah, Elijah is, is, is interesting because he believes a lie. She says... I pray that the who? The, the gods. Well, what gods? She's talking about. Is she talking about the gods that were challenged a chapter ago on Mount, Mark, Mount Carmel? When Elijah says the God that answers by fire is the true God. So the, the false prophets had the false God because that, that God couldn't bring fire. Only Elijah's God proved that he was the real God. So if she's talking about those gods, then those gods are already proven that they're, they're not even real. So Elijah believes a lie. And don't you think that if Jezebel wanted to kill Elijah, he would have already been dead? The 850 prophets that he took out, they would have killed him. But Elijah believes something that was not true. Whether true or not, Whatever you think and believe will direct your life. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. What you believe or think, whether true or not, will direct your life. And we've got a lot of people in church that have a lot of misinformation. And it's that misinformation that is directing their destiny. The, the enemy tells you lies about your family. The enemy tells you lies about who you are. And it's directing your life even though it's not true. Elijah believed a lie. And all fear is based on a lie. All fear is based on a lie. And it's interesting how... Elijah allowed just one person, just one person, one event in his life to change who he was, to be somebody different. And some of us have allowed just one person, just one event, just one statement, one lie. We have believed one lie 
And all it took was one statement to derail who we were before. And who we were before now is missing like Elijah. Elijah takes it to heart and it messes him up. You're not damaged by what people say about you. You're damaged about you're damaged by how you feel about it. People will stop being who they are because of a lie. And just because they said it, you didn't need to embrace it and meditate on it and replay it and believe it and allow that to direct your life. Elijah allows one statement to take him from a revivalist to a runner. God called Elijah to revive a nation. But now he runs away from it. And you know what's interesting is Elijah was not just running from Jezebel. He's running from his purpose. We've got some runners in the building today. Some runners. Running from problems. Running from issues. Running from responsibility. Running from things that they don't believe they can be. Can you imagine what what would have happened if Elijah would have been on TMZ? Because this guy's like a national, this guy's like a national prophet. Not just some street preacher on the corner telling people to repent. This this dude's known. You take out 850 dudes, you're you're known in the city. You got some street credibility up there, you know? Can you imagine though what TMZ would have done to Elijah? I mean, they would have they would have been all over him for, for being like for running. Because it's embarrassing. And as, as, much, as, as much of a disgrace Elijah really was to the kingdom of God, as much as he changed, you know who, who didn't change? God didn't change. God did not change. Look at it here. Let's read in verse 4. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. You ever say that? I've had enough, Lord. No, I have. He said, take my life. You ever say that? Take my life, Lord. Take me home. I'm ready. I'm no better than my ancestors. Now he's feeling sorry for himself. He's disillusioned. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and what? Eat. He looked up around and there by his head was some baked bread, bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. So you know who feeds him? An angel, but who sent the angel? God did. Even in his running, even when he's, where he's in a place where he doesn't belong to, God feeds him. I don't think you understand me. Even in his running, even where he's not supposed to be, God still feeds him. You can be in places where you're not supposed to be and God will still take care of you. That's just the kind of God that we have. Even when you're failing, God will still feed you. And some of you today, you're not where you're supposed to be. You're not who you were before. But yet God still continues to make provision over your life. And it's not because of who you are. It's because of who he is. Elijah is... is Kind of a disgrace. But yet God 
has compassion. I'm glad I'm not God. Because I'm not feeding the man. Say, man, you just took out all 850 dudes. And the nation comes back to God. Now you're running from a woman, from a lady. You're not eating tonight. Cook for yourself. That's why mom used to say, cook for yourself. <laughs> That's only when we were disrespectful, you know. But that was my brother, not me. But just kidding. That is plain. We were both pretty bad. But anyway. Elijah doesn't deserve to be taken care of. He's on the run. But even in our running, he still loves us. And we expect for when we get out of line, for God to yell at us and to judge us, and I believe that the Lord corrects us, but we this this is Old Testament God right here. This this is where most of us think that God was always angry that He's He was gonna, you know, you 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 do the wrong thing and you're done. This this is Old Testament God. But yet he's Elijah is failing in his life, but God is still feeding him. And you know what? Elijah eats. And then he continues in the wrong direction. The Bible says he looked around and there by his head was some, baked, some bread baked over hot coals, a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. So he goes to sleep. I love to take a little nap on Sundays after I eat. Just a little side note there. Number seven. <laughs> Verse seven. The angel of the Lord came back a second time. So he, he feeds him a second time. And he touched him. And said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much. So Elijah is fed, and he's touched by the angel. But yet he still continues to continue in the wrong direction. Because the Bible says that after that, he, head, he heads over to Horeb. That's 200 miles away from where he was supposed to be. And isn't it just like people that will get touched by God and fed and taken care of, but yet they will still continue in the wrong direction? Don't you think that God knew that he was going to continue in the wrong direction after he fed him? Of course, God wasn't hurt like, oh, you know what, man, that's messed up. I feed you and then you just leave me. You eat my food and then you just walk, you just walk away and you just continue doing. You, you think that God was surprised by that? Of course not. But God took care of him, touched him. And Elijah continues in the wrong direction. Some of you, you've been touched. You've been, you've been taken care of by God, but you're still headed in the wrong direction today. You walked out last Sunday. Some of you got blessed. Some of you had a breakthrough only to continue going in the wrong direction, only to continue going the wrong path. But I want you to understand is that God loves you. God loves you, and he has a call on your life. And even when you're running from him, he's still running right beside you, waiting for you to come back to the place where you need to be. Elijah ends up in a cave in verse 9. And you know why he's hiding? 
Because you know why he's in, in, a, in a cave? Because he's hiding. He's afraid. And that's what fear will do. Fear will lead you into places that you don't belong. You understand that fear will take you places that were never intended for you to be. So the fearless prophet now is in this, this, this bold prophet. Prophet of the year. Time magazine. Now in a, in a dark, cold cave. He's safe. He's, he's hidden from his problem. But he's also hidden from his purpose as well. And here we have a prophet that's supposed to be a voice to the nation. And now his voice is hidden. This is what, pro- this is what happens when we hide. Is that other people don't get to really see who we really are. And some of you today, you're, you're discouraged, you're, you're depressed, you're, you, you are living in failure because something didn't work out in your life. You're not who you used to be anymore. You don't have that same fire. You're not, making, you're not impacting lives anymore. And everything that you used to be is now in the dark. And you're hiding because you're afraid or, or for whatever reason. And, and the... the bad thing about you being in that place is everything about you is in the dark, but you were designed to shine. You were designed to bring glory to God. You were designed to be hidden in a cave. But why do we end up in places like that where our anointing is hidden? We, we come to church and because we're, we're hiding, so is everything good about who we are. Some of you, you are so powerful. You have so many giftings, so much to offer. But it's hidden and we can't see it. You know so much. There's so much that God has done in your life. There's so much that you used to be for God, but it's, it's in the dark now and it's hidden. You're supposed to be the light of the world, but... You're hidden in a place that you don't belong. God loves you too much to leave you in places you don't belong. God loves you too much to leave you hidden. And I believe that the Lord wants to bring some people out of places where they've been in the dark too long. That everything that they used to be now needs to come back into the light. That that powerful person that you used to be, that we used to see, needs to come back into the light. That all that you were, I've seen it happen with, with when I led youth ministry. I've seen kids on fire and I look at some of them today and they're not on fire. All there is is smoke in their lives. I've even seen people that, that we've had in master's commission. I was one of them at one point. Go through a program, get touched, be, become radical. But yet there's something that happens that changes in your life and it changes who you are. I've seen people in ministry. I've seen people teaching and preaching and making an impact in people's lives. And then they end up in a dark place. And everything that was there 
is hidden now. And then we wonder, where are they now? Whatever happened to so-and-so? I, I used to see them doing this. Whatever happened to that person? And what does God do to get us back on track? What does he do to get Elijah back on track? What does God do to keep us from becoming a where are they now kind of story? Verse one, first thing is his word comes to where we are. Verse nine says, there he went into a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord, what? Came to who? To him. Then Elijah didn't go to the word. The word of the Lord came to him. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you're not where you're supposed to be? You're not even looking for God, but yet the word of the Lord comes to where you are. And I want you to understand is wherever you are right now, the word of the Lord will come to you. The word of the Lord will find you and get you back on track again. The word of the Lord found Moses in the backside of the desert found Gideon in a wine press, found Mary at home, found Paul in a prison, and it can find you in a cave. The word of the Lord comes to him. And it asks him, what are you doing here? You're, you're better than this, Elijah. You're, you, what, why are you, why are you here? Why are you depressed? Why are you hiding from hiding who you really are? Why why are you why are you afraid? Why are you in this place? And some of you need to ask yourself today, why am I why am I here right now? Why are you stuck where you are right now? Why is your relationship with God where it is right now? Why are you living beneath your potential? Why are you in the place that you're at right now? There's so much more than you have to offer. There's so much that you used to dream about. There's so much that you wanted to be. Why are you in this place right now? Verse 10, Bible says, he replied. This is what Elijah says. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. Blah, blah, blah. little sad story there. and Having a pity party for himself. And you know what the Lord does is the Lord invites him to stand in his presence. Verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the what? Presence of the Lord. Elijah makes excuses, but God invites him into his presence. You know, some of you need to stop making excuses for where you are right now. You just need to get into the presence of God again. Some of us need to stop blaming this guy and that person and this church and that church. And we need to stop making excuses and start getting into the presence of God. You know that the presence of God is greater than your excuses. Elijah makes excuses. And I'm going to run through this next part. I don't really have too much time, but it says, Then a great powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. 
And then there was a there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Again, the second time. God whispers. God doesn't shout at him. God doesn't, in an angry voice, ridicule him, but he questions him. And I love how it says that the, there was an earthquake and the wind and the fire, but the Lord wasn't in those things. Some of you are, are, are waiting for an event to get you back on track. You're waiting for something big to happen. You're waiting for, for something to shift your life. But I want you to understand something. What you really need is just to hear his voice in your life. Elijah comes out of the cave and what he does is what happens is he brings out his excuses again and and the Lord ignores him. God allows him to vent. If you don't have nobody to vent to, don't vent on Facebook. Vent to the Lord. He's cool with it. He's all right with it. But don't be putting this, these things in your status. Tired of this, period. Dot, dot, dot. Be doing that. Tell the Lord. This is what happens. The, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king of Aram. Anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elijah. So what God does is, He releases purpose to him again. He tells him, go back the way that you came. Get back to work, Elijah. In other words, I'm not finished with you yet. This is not the end of the story. This is not where it ends. This cave is not your conclusion. And this is what you need to understand for those that that you've been AWOL for a while. You've been missing in action. You're, You're not who you were before. You're not even at that place anymore with God. You don't read your Bible. You don't pray. You're not involved. But I want you to understand God is with you and you're running. God is with you and you're running. He loves you. And your story's not over yet. And he wants to reassign you to some things in your life because you thought you were over, but God says, no, you're not done yet. You need to get back. You need to get back. In, you need to get back to work. If Elijah stays in the cave, then Elisha is never anointed. Elijah and the kings represent the other generation. So if Elijah Elijah stays in the cave, then the next generation doesn't receive what Elijah's carrying. Do you know that if you don't become who you're supposed to be, then you rob somebody else? If you don't become everything that you're supposed to be in this life, you rob the rest of us here. And some of us, some of you here, you're robbing this church. You're robbing this world. You're robbing God because you're not where you used to be. You were not designed to be a cave dweller. You were designed to shine for God. Stand with me. We're just going to allow God to realign us this morning. Some of you need to dream again. 
You need to get on fire again. You need to come back to who you used to be, not in a bad way, but in a good way. You need to come back to the presence of God in your life. You need to come back on fire. You need to get back into a place where God is using you and you're effective. But right now, as long as you're hiding and you're hidden, then the world can't see you. And somebody needs what you have in your life. But they can't see it if you're in the dark. Let's just go and lift up our hands. Father, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you because the word of the Lord is coming to somebody right now. Thank you, God, that your word is coming to where we are. We, we were in a place of failure. We were in a place of defeat. We were in a place of complacency. But your word is coming to where we are right now. And you're asking, what, am, what are we doing here? What am I doing here right now? God, we just receive you right now. Come on, just lift up your hand. Just wait on the Lord. Father, we just wait on you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that our story is not over. There's more to be written. There's more to be written in our families, God, in our calling. It's not done. I just want to just open up the altars as the worship team sings. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to do any of that. I'm just going to ask you if you need to get back. There's some places in your life that you've allowed to be hidden. You're like, you know, I've been in that cave too long. I'm not who I was before. You need to get it back on track. I'll just invite you as the worship team plays. But step out of your seats. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.